Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. I'm always reflective this time of year as I think about July 4th and what freedom means. And so the title of this podcast is What Does Freedom Mean to You? I posed this question to my Facebook group earlier this week and here are some of the responses. Freedom means hope in Christ, being able to make a choice, freedom in choosing how to respond, freedom in choosing my attitude, exercising inalienable rights endowed by our Creator, freedom in using our own minds rather than being dictated by the government. Indeed, it's fascinating to hear, even on a small scale, how people interpret what freedom means. Trey Gowdy recently addressed an audience in Houston, Texas, and posed the following question. Have you had your own day of independence? This is a wonderfully thought-provoking question. I would like to share a small part of my personal story of freedom and identity and pose some questions as you consider your own story by asking who, what, and what for. The first question is who? Who are the people responsible for your backstory? For those who have read my book, you are aware that I believe I am the biological daughter of the last Shah of Iran. This is my conclusion based on the circumstantial evidence left behind in my adoptive parents' paper trail. Upon reflecting on this during this week of independence, the thought occurred to me that this king had the power to give me life or take my life. In a country that did not give mothers options except giving birth, the king could have declared life or death after birth. He had a choice. In addition, I think also about her. The woman, most likely single and very young, who gave me physical life. Perhaps she was outwardly veiled in a shador while inwardly veiled in shame. I don't know. For reasons I will never know, the choice was given for me to live. Did she have a choice? Abortion wasn't an option at the time of my birth. Her lack of ability to choose provided my freedom. I also think about the other people who played significant roles in securing my freedom. The high-ranking Iranian general, the Iranian government official. These men knew each other and worked together to secure my freedom out of the country. What about the others in my backstory? These are the people whose signatures fill the blanks of formulated and fabricated documentation that pave the way for adoption and naturalization. Let's not forget my American parents. My freedom cost them. It cost them freedom in their second marriages as newlyweds. It cost them time. It cost them paperwork. It cost them the road of least resistance. 
they could have said no to an orphan baby. They had a choice. My mom always said, if not for your dad's military rank, my adoption would not have been possible. My memory takes me back to Lynchburg, Virginia, where my mother, grandmother, and I caught a train to Washington, D.C., where I would don a beautiful red, white, and blue outfit with matching shoes and purse on the day I would become a naturalized citizen. My mind's eye conjures up the visual of a room full of people as I stood on a chair with my hand over my heart staring at the American flag, just under the age of five, and being startled by the gun salute. I remember a long rectangular table covered in snacks and cookies for newly named American citizens. This is a fond memory. For me and my story, the flag represents citizenship. It represents freedom, my freedom. Just as in mine, there are people in your life who you can thank for your very life. Who are they? What has been their impact on you? Think about it. Think about the people in your backstory whose yes or no have shaped your story of freedom. God allowed the yeses of the people in my life to shape my personal story. The next question is what? What have you been freed from and freed for? For this question, I would like you to consider freedom on national level as well as a spiritual and emotional level. I can only speculate what I was freed from as I have no proof as to what my life truly would have been like had I stayed in Iran. Many factors would have played into this hypothetical scenario. As I answer the what to my own story of freedom and what I was freed for, I find it interesting to read over the questions posed to my mother as she answered my naturalization petition since I was a minor. Listen to these questions as you can tell that they are culturally relevant for the 1960s. Number one, have you married or been widowed, separated, or divorced? Of course, the answer was no. Number two, have you been absent from the United States? No. Have you committed any crime or offense or been arrested, fined, or charged with a violation of any law whatsoever? No. Have you joined any organization? No. Have you become a member of the Communist Party? No. Have you claimed exemption from military service? No. Has there been any change in your willingness to bear arms on behalf of the United States, to perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States, to perform work of national importance under civilian direction if the law requires it? The answer is no. The last question, number eight. The law provides that a petitioner for naturalization 
shall not be regarded as a person of good moral character who, at any time after his or her petition for naturalization has been filed, has committed adultery, has been a prostitute, has procured any person for the purposes of prostitution, has been a narcotic drug addict, or has dealt in narcotic drugs illegally in any way. Have you committed such an act or been such a person? And of course, the answer was no. For each of us to be free from something and free for something requires responsibility. Just like the questions posed in the Immigration and Naturalization Questionnaire. Not only is there the national concept of freedom, but there is also the emotional and spiritual life of freedom that can never be taken away. In today's world, especially in the year 2020, I stand securely on this freedom that keeps my identity and worth secure. Regardless of what occurs on a national level, the internal freedom available to each of us is actually the one that is truly inalienable. Reflecting back on Trey Gowdy's speech, he asked his listeners, quote, what is your prison? So I ask you, what is your prison that prohibits freedom? Your answer to this question also answers the what part of your story. What do you need to be freed from? Christ's death on the cross was the cost. Freedom always has a cost. God had a choice. Regardless of our own personal stories, the truth is that we all need to be freed from something that prohibits our internal freedom. Perhaps pride is the most dangerous prison of all. Pride keeps you on the cross in unending agony. Pride says that you know better what should have happened in your life. And to some degree, this may be true. A.W. Tozer writes in his book, The Radical Cross, quote, the truth is that God has never planned that his children should live forever stretched upon a cross. Christ himself endured his cross for only six hours. When the cross had done its work, life entered and took over, end quote. What would it be like to crucify those very things in your life that keep you enslaved and prevent you living in freedom? You keep resurrecting what God wants to put to death so you can truly live. You had no control of your backstory, neither did I, but you can decide for today. As you ask what you have been freed from and freed for, the crucial question becomes, how will you change your story? You have a choice. Many people should have a different story. In my own life narrative, if you've read in my book, in a three-generational pattern, here's what was included. Abuse, addictions, alcoholism, and adultery. 
In an odd way, individual freedoms of one can lead to a prison of enslavement for others. But what if, what if God's sovereignty in your life allowed something to occur simply because he wants you to know the most meaningful and most significant freedom that can only come by way of your identity in God, the King. It is indeed much easier to blame than to accept responsibility for your own life. Blame keeps you chained to the past while responsibility propels you forward into the future. You have a choice. George Bernard Shaw said, quote, Liberty means responsibility. That is why most men dread it. End quote. A.W. Tozer wrote that for us to truly know freedom, we must tear the veil of pride in our self-life. So do you live life as a victim? This is when pride has enslaved you. What do you need freedom from? To change the story means that you will take ownership of your life and take responsibility instead of casting blame. This became a cognitive shift in my own life. This meant I was no longer a victim, but a victor. I had a choice. You have a choice. What if the bigger concept of freedom for you to know in your own life narrative paved the way for the what for? So this last question is what for? How will you use your story of freedom to reflect the King's glory in your life? Honestly, you may and you may not know the full effect of your freedom from pride and the impact you have as you share your story. When you have chosen for Christ to free you from pride and you take responsibility for your own life instead of casting blame, your impact will be both known and unknown. It won't be measured on Facebook. It won't be measured on Instagram. It won't be measured on Twitter. It's the life we have been promised that no government can ever take away. It's the true meaning of our own identity, as stated in 2 Corinthians 3, my life chapter. Since we have a hope, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. May you experience the freedom that can never be taken away. Be thankful for the who, the what, and the what for in your own story. You have the choice, and that is freedom. From the land of the veil to the land of sea to shining sea, I am Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast.